Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat sermon by Rabbi Rebecca Schatz. I want to begin this sermon by saying that this is a tough one to give. It'll be vulnerable and heartfelt. And yet Israel has become a word and a topic that rabbis shy away from because we are scared that people are going to listen with only critical ears and not also open minds and hearts. I beg of you, this is not a sermon of statistics, of endorsements, or of political critique. This is a sermon opening up my broken heart to my community to expose my feelings Torah that is here to guide us, and hopefully wisdom to permeate into your broken hearts. Saturday morning, I woke up to my alarm and an alert that rockets had been fired into the south. I assumed that it was a something, but not an everything. Because I don't use my phone on Shabbat or Chag, I let my alarm finish and didn't investigate that alert any more than thinking, okay, after, after Chag on Sunday night, I'll figure out what that was all about. I walked to shul with a Yisker sermon in hand, expecting to lead psuke, sing halal, and enjoy the final moments of this holiday season. I expected to give a Yisker sermon, not to lead a Yisker morning. I heard murmurings of people discussing death tolls in Israel and assumed that that was the alert that I saw. But again, unfortunately, I just assumed it was a nothing. I started Suke without Rabbi Klickfeld in the room because I knew it was going to be a long service and the clock had already struck 9.15 a.m. It wasn't like him to run late, but it's been a long season and I knew that he would be here. He came up to me, maybe some of you even saw him, and he said to me, do you know what's going on in Israel? And I said, yes, because I thought I did. But then he said, we're going to daven like it's Tisha B'Av or Shiva, in hushed tones and no ruach. As the morning unfolded, I learned more and more, and as I'm sure you all did as well. So I turned to Rabbi Kligfeld and I said, you need to say something about the situation. I'm not giving my Yisker sermon. And then I realized this was all a Yisker service. I sat in my seat and held back tears because I felt the need to be strong for all of you, for those watching me, for the community. We sang halal to tunes that made me think of my camp friends who I could only in that moment hope were safe and alive. One friend whose name I will not use for security purposes lives so close to Gaza, and all I could do was send each word of prayer towards this friend and their family, especially the kids. Hamalach Hagoel Oti Yevarech Etane Arim, we sing. God protect the kids of any age. Protect the kids who are still children. Protect the kids who are being called into Miluim, into the reserves, and leaving their own babies behind. Protect the kids who are scared and alone and living a new life or a normal life that consists of games to get them to run faster into their shelters. Yevarech et We sang softly, 
but with power and tears <laughs> and life in our voices. We sang because we needed to pray, and we sang because we should show pride and devotion to our home and our people. I got home from shul, and our senior rabbi had said from the bima in a traditional conservative shul that he used his phone, so I used mine. I called my friend and waited for what felt like forever for a response. My friend and their family were safe, are safe. But how about everyone else that I would wait until Sunday night to check in on? I chose to only use my phone for this particular purpose and not to continue scrolling the news or check on other friends in more central places. But I turned the sound on on my phone and I picked it up every time there was an alert. Shmini Atzeret, Simcha Torah. In shul, yes. But at home, it just felt like a dark day that ended in Y. The land was unformed and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep, and a wind of God swept over the water. God said, Behold, light, and there was light. God recognized what was, chaos and nothingness, and God spoke into creation light to be able to begin the work of creating order and somethingness. God spoke it into being. God did not do or strike or form. God spoke. God used words to create. And of course, the opposite would be that words can also be used to destroy. Chizkuni said, God spoke to God's heart, to the seat of God's thoughts. He continues, even in our physical world nowadays, when a human being expresses thoughts verbally, these are products of a thought process which preceded thoughts being formulated and shared to never be gathered back. Cheskuni recognizes here that though God is first only speaking to God's self, by then sharing words of creation, something is put into our world that cannot be reversed. Our words have power and meaning and are only best used when carefully spoken. Had God said, behold, sun, then it would not have been the same kind of light. Nuance and specificity matters. And we see that today in how we speak about and how we listen to Israel. Generalities are never helpful, and especially not now. Speaking of all Israelis, or all Palestinians, or all Jews, or all Muslims, or all Christians, or all of the South, or all of the North, that's not helpful. Because it does not allow us to be specific in response or to relationally know anything. If we say all Jews, you and I are left out of many of those generalities, just like if we say all Israelis. No two people are the same, and there is no way to generalize an entire religion or culture or race or ethnicity ever. And yet we can say, Anyone who organized with Hamas to slaughter innocent lives is unaware 
of the holiness of human life, the sanctity of human rights, or, as, or has a connection to the godliness that created them. It is, however, helpful to share a story like this one with names and real details. And I'm only using names here that were used in the article sent through email and social media by USCJ. Our beloved son, Omer Nutra, was born in NYC and raised on Long Island. As a son of dual citizens of Israel and the United States, Omer grew up loving both his homeland America and the land of Israel with passion. He's a born leader and a great son, friend, and a passionate giving person. After graduating high school, he decided to defer his college acceptance and spend a gap year in Israel, connecting with our family's roots. This experience impacted his decision to stay in Israel and do what he believes in, serving and protecting the people of Israel. This is what he was doing last Saturday morning on October 7th on the border with Gaza when Hamas took him. Our son has been missing since, and we ask the Hamas leaders to continue to treat Omer and all the hostages in a humanitarian way. Omer, his parents wrote, we love you and look forward to bringing you and the others home. Horrific. Terribly sad. And we know what and who and now we can ask How can I help? We must put our efforts into peace and into saving all innocent life from the front lines and from these pews 10,000 miles away. Rabbi Aaron Alexander shared this week that the first question of the Torah is asked by the snake. The question is a sly reinterpretation of what God had told Eve about the forbidden tree in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say, the snake says, you shall not eat of any tree of the garden? Rabbi Alexander commented, some questions are meant to distract, to confuse and to tempt, to obscure obvious right and wrong. The only question we should have right now is how can I help? On Tuesday morning, I started at Daily Minion and then drove to AJU for a conversion. While davening, I thought to myself, the strength that this person has to still choose Judaism today is remarkable. Here I was wondering in the same breath if these prayers were meaningful and knowing that praying was important to keep my friends in mind and hopefully safe. This person is choosing to know a life where this pain is now also theirs. Remarkable. There is a statement at the end of the Beit Dean that says, Will you support all those who seek to reestablish and revitalize our Jewish homeland by making the land and state of Israel a part of your life and the life of your family? And I say it probably twice a month to different individuals without thinking much of it. But in this conversion, as Cantor Chorney can attest, I could barely get through the statement without sobbing. The answer to this statement off her lips was yes, to build and revitalize and strengthen Israel, to choose this place that is full of devastation and fear and kaleidoscopic challenge today, of all days, that is strength.
Rabbi Matt Shapiro and I went up to his office after Simchat Torah to put some things away and have an end of season l'chaim. And it just was not joyful, because really, how could it be? How could this feeling, how could this feel like a celebratory end of a season when it feels like just the beginning of a horrific period for Israel and our people? And unfortunately for Jews, Jews all over the world experiencing the ripples of anti-Semitism. We almost synchronistically said, and yet with all the fear and hatred and barbaric actions in Israel right now, all I want to do is be there. Crazy, right? We are crazy to have nightmares of being there because of horrific photos and videos that we've seen, to craving to be in our home with people who need our love and our support. Vayishma'u et kol Adonai Elohim mithalek began leruach hayom veidchabeh adam veishto mipnei Adonai Elohim betoch etz hagan. They heard the sound of Adonai moving about in the garden at the breezy time of day. And the human and his wife hid from Adonai among the trees of the garden. When I read this line of Torah from our Parsha this week, I could not help but think about the videos and pictures and testimonies from young people hiding in bushes after dancing and celebrating life at a festival only to hopefully save their lives from barbarians coming through to destroy their joy, deplete their faith, and erase their existence. And they heard, the Torah says, the sound of God's voice walking in the garden. This is, the life, this is like the moment where the people experienced receiving Torah, with all of their senses mixed up, powerful, scary, and yet somehow comforting. Adam and his partner were hiding from something they did not know, something they feared. These young people who hid and created videos hiding to say goodbye to their families, many of them came out of the bushes when they heard Hebrew, when they heard the voices of God's creations. Unlike Adam and Chava, who did not yet know their God or the relationship they would have, with a being who created them to teach them, to infuse their life with meaning and partnership. However, the sweet souls fleeing a concert to save their own life. No God, no love, no a love for their country and for their people. And in the face of fear, heard the voices of God walking amongst them. Through the Hebrew language, they came out into safety. Listen for the voices of God walking amidst endless fear and terror. This week, I've sung the most powerful hallel of my life. I've been brought to tears watching a secular Israeli light a candle and say prayers in our lobby for friends that are enlisted back into the army while they are in Los Angeles. I have heard the voices of five-year-olds singing Hatikva. And I have never been prouder to love Israel and to love her people. I named this sermon Hatikva Shali, a bit of a play on words. My Hatikva, my Israeli anthem, but also Hatikva Shali, my specific hope. Israel is home for me. And that need not be the case for everyone, or maybe you just have not yet you just have not visited to feel that crazy connection of, it's scary, but I must go and support. 
However, you must have something to hope for and share that hope. Share that tikva. Ha tikva, meaning individual to me, is going to be different than your tikva. But put that heya yechida before it and make it specific. Make it ha tikva for you, for your family, for your next generation, for your ability to share what connects you to this moment in history. Ha tikva sheli. My hope is that we are able to see a day where Israel lives in peace, where Israel and all her inhabitants feel at home, feel support, and feel cared for. Hatikva sheli. My hope is that those who live with hatred in their hearts, with violence in their minds, and with blood on their hands, receive the punishments and futures they deserve for the lives they have chosen to live and for the lives they have chosen to destroy. Hatikva sheli. My hope is that Israel ceases to be a topic that scares your leaders from discussing because it divides us, but rather becomes a topic that brings us education of human rights, knowledge of how to assist in meaningful change, and everlasting ambition to be a home that is welcoming, joyful, and spiritually uplifting. Hatikva Shali. My hope is that all those who we love and their loved ones remain safe, accounted for, and sheltered from this storm of terrorism. Hatikva Sheli. My hope is that Temple Betham continues to be a vibrant Jewish community that loves to support Israel, strives to teach our children to love Israel, and encourages anyone to defend the land of Israel in any way that they are capable. And finally... Hatikva Sheli. My hope is that all of the families who are experiencing loss, devastation, unspeakable trauma, and everlasting fear find peace and receive our support and love to help them to one day live a life of freedom and joy again. Hatikva Sheli. Shalom. 
listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.